Hi, I'm Louise Charles and thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I'm on a mission to help remove the barriers that stop us from living a full and active life. I'm the founder of Live Once Fitness and I believe that everyone can find a way to be active and enjoy movement. I get my kicks from being active, being creative and surrounding myself with inspiring people and stories. I love hearing stories from people who followed their passions through their careers, their hobbies, or through some unusual self-care rituals. In this podcast, we're going to meet some incredible guests. We're going to hear their stories and we're going to have some laughs along the way. I want to examine people's passions, weird and wonderful jobs, hobbies, and everything in between. Some are a bit out there. Some are more mainstream, but The one thing they all have in common is that these guests are brave. They all believe that in some way what they are doing is making the world a better place. And who doesn't need a bit of that right now? Each episode I'll be joined by a friend and we'll discuss what our current understanding is of the episode's topic. Please do subscribe and leave us a review as it does help people find us. Enjoy! really sorry to all of Hannah's super fans but she's not joining us on this episode my friend Jimbo is and don't worry because he's pretty funny too but don't tell him I said that Uh, hello hello there anything oh can you hear me okay hello I can (laughs) hear you okay let's talk about (laughs) stuff (laughs) so I've learned quite a lot about podcasting in the last few weeks as you can imagine but also, I've learned a bit about interludes. Oh, just to break it up a bit. So yeah. I've decided, yeah, just to break it up a bit. So my favourite is the Rue Severine. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Oh, nice. That's, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's jazzy. You but want that could be used between scenes in Friends, you know. Yeah. Or Fraser, I think. Do you mean Frasier? Frasier? Frasier. <laughs> Fraser. <laughs> I feel like this is a Dungarines moment. Yeah. <laughs> Dungarines. <laughs> about that. It still blows my mind that it's not, <laughs> that it's Dungarees. <laughs> um, okay. I've decided this would be quite a good job. Being a podcaster. Naming these interludes. No, naming the interludes. Right. So someone came up with these names. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some of them. Dirt bike lovers. <laughs> okay. Lord Weasel. <laughs> the face of thrush. Oh. <laughs> what kind of name is that? Can I can I have a listen to the face Tits of thrush? Snowbird. The fa- <laughs> this is someone. Someone's job was to call this the face of thrush. It's got that kind of thrushy undertone to it, hasn't it? Oh, you could see tinkling away of thrush. You could see that being used in an advert for some cream, couldn't you? <laughs> have you noticed I'm bringing curly back? That they have noticed, yeah. 
It's really long, isn't it? Pretty ginger as well at the moment, isn't it? I have to uh, tie mine up now most days. Yeah. Down to the down to the nips. I mean, like to the point where it. Yeah. Ooh, gross. <laughs> I don't really dig the long hair vibe, but you know, you do you. Um, <laughs> have you listened to my podcast? Uh, no. Disappointing. It's because I wanted to, you know, come into this one without any you know, preconceptions. Or I so once this one's done, I'm just, I'm going to be the first one listening every week or month, however frequent they are. That's how often I'm going to listen. Uh, do I you know what it's been, about? I would have been perfect for the hypnobirthing one, just FYI. But maybe the podcast didn't need two people who are already pro-hypnobirthing. Maybe that was not what was required. Why do you love hypnobirthing? Why was- but the episode's gone already, hasn't it? We can revisit. This This is my podcast. There's no rules. <laughs> um, hypnobirthing is like medically proven. And it's not like, as, as we're going to come to shortly, I expect, talking about psychics, there's scientific foundation behind it all and proof and studies and uh, logic. And I like all those things a lot. And mm-hmm. all the midwives love it. Mm-hmm. And the NHS are going to start, you know. All, all the midwives. Literally, all the midwives. All the midwives I've spoken to have been very pro it. I also think there's a type mm-hmm. of person that's predisposed to be pro hypnobirthing. I think that's maybe like self-fulfilled that prophecy itself a bit. So like everyone I know who's pro hypnobirthing is already quite chilled laid back person and then logic do you think i'm a chilled and laid back person yes yeah. <laughs> i mean you have your moments <laughs> but like oh jimbo i knew i liked you honestly <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're not like i wouldn't you were you were like you wanted to have a home birth right Who after was... i learned about hypnobirthing yeah i guess yeah it wasn't the other way around you didn't think right i'm gonna home birth and then you thought i'll do a hypnobirthing I no, like... I was going to have all the drugs. Oh, okay. Um, what changed your mind? I found out what drugs were on offer and they weren't my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> um, I decided to do the course because someone told me it was really good and I thought, well, I might as well try. And it was on like day, I did like a three day course and on day one, I was like, whoa, we're gonna do a home birth. I was gonna birth a baby under a tree on my own if I could. I, I got like fully into it. But I love stuff like that. So that's kind of what this podcast is about, right? Is about exploring different things that we might not have come across in our lives, but other people are really passionate about and they think they're making the world a better place by doing them as their job or their hobby or their self care ritual. Yeah. Okay. I'm more for it. <laughs> Did you eat your placenta? No, I wanted to, but it's, it's I just never got round to, no, I wanted to get it encapsulated, mm. um, but I never actually got around to doing it. Um, and also I didn't really suffer much with like baby blues. And I think it's yeah. really helpful if you do. I didn't the first time or the second. So the third time I thought, oh, I won't bother. Um, 
but I did the third time. Not I not like I didn't have postnatal depression, but I cried a lot. When I- pressure was just and then I'd start crying and then I couldn't stop. And I'd just sit and cry and cry and cry and cry for like three hours. It's all right now though. You just adjust, don't you? Like you do when you have two and you think, oh my God, this is really hard. And having a third is easier in a way like he was a baby and the other two were children, not babies or toddlers. But admit- one needs so much from you. And as you know now, yeah. and you have to like be teaching them phonics in the evening after school. And, yeah. and then there was this thing called a, global pandemic so I was left with all three of them at home that was not fun <laughs> yeah uh, I've learned a lot about phonics uh, um you know the sound mm. Mm, yeah it's a great one it makes me feel sick <laughs> um. it makes me think of when you accidentally swallow bogeys and there's... <laughs> the same muscle glottic yeah <laughs> It's the glottal or glottis. I can't remember what it's called, but this is excellent material. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, this podcast is pretty highbrow. <laughs> like Do you know um, what we're talking about in this episode? Psychics. Yep. So I'm having on Fiona Lundy. Now she is a psychic, Ooh. a Reiki healer. Oh, a median. Median? What? Well, she's like the exact med- middle. No. <laughs> a, me- <laughs> a medium. Medium. <laughs> Did I say medium? <laughs> it sounded like you said medium. I don't know. I think I might have. I sometimes say that word a bit wrong. Um, and a writer and a modern mystic. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm Fiona, a healer, psychic. I'm not, this isn't meant to, I'm not being surprised. I'm reading from her website. I'm not. I know. I can see you Googling. You've got glasses, so they reflect that. (laughs) I'm Fiona, a healer, psychic, and spiritual teacher. I'm all about the good vibes, great energy, and happiness rooted in healthy habits and a positive mindset. See, I'm all over, I'm all over everything she says in that paragraph, except for the psychic bit. Okay. All over it. I think being a healer, if, I mean, I, I believe more in sort of scientific medicine than uh, alternative medicine. Safe to say, but like spiritual. I don't teaching. think she's. I think she's an emotional healer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't think it's. She wouldn't claim to heal like cancer or your broken okay. bones. Good, because I do have issue with that. Yeah, and I uh, will not be giving people like that a huge platform on my very well listened to podcast absolutely right good good (laughs) um that said there's a lot to be said about like placebo is like a proven concept right people yeah believe they're being healed it there is a scientific element to it so but yeah psychic i want to be fair to what people believe in and to respect it Mm. but I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think a psychic is? So my interpretation of that word would be someone who claims they can tell what's going to happen to you in the future or that they can contact people from your past or dead people or whatever. Okay. I guess that's the me- is that, that's the medium side, right? I guess so. I mean, I've never, I know Fiona because I've had Reiki healing from her. 
Um, but I've never had a psychic reading. But she once said to me, you don't ever need to do that. So don't do it. She was, she once said like, it's rare that someone needs to do a psychic reading because you'll probably know what path you're on in life and you've always got the free will to change it. So if you feel like you're not on the right path, you just change the path you're on. Uh, <clears throat> but what if like, I can read into the future sometimes Jimbo, because if we go racing at Ascot for the day and you start drinking at 11 o'clock in the morning, I know what's going to happen at five o'clock in the afternoon. That's true. Um, have you heard of Reiki healing? I have, but only from Borat when he goes for Reiki healing and he asks if it's a Reiki Martin. And every time I, <laughs> every time I hear the word Reiki healing, all I can think about is a Reiki Martin. Um, is it like, again, I'm not going to be dismissive, but like magical stones and like swinging a little thing around. Sounds like a lot of hippie nonsense to me. Um, I think you might be confusing it with crystal healing. Okay, that sounds feasible, like I am confused. Yeah, I've had Reiki healing three or four times. Any good? It's pretty incredible. Wow. I've been to uh, the chiropractor a few times in the last few months, and I have to say, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to go all the time. So you're going in there with a physical ailment, right? Yeah. Um, and you come out and that ailment feels better. Feels immediately worse because they beat you up. Okay. But then like a couple of days, yeah. it feels great. So when you go, well, when I've been for Reiki healing, I've gone with more of a emotional ailment. So I just don't, I just didn't feel good first did I was pregnant with Ziggy and I just felt a bit like the and I'd been feeling like that way for probably six weeks and I was like yeah in a bit of a funk and so I go into this session and she lies me down on a sofa she just sort of puts her hands like not on me around me and I'm lying there like what is this this is I paid 50 quid for this Oh, all right, good, yeah. Yeah, like, what is going on? Uh, is this a And then, yeah. And then after about 20 minutes, I started realising I was finding the whole experience quite funny. Kind of bewildered that I'd paid money for this, but I was beginning to feel myself again. Maybe, and Maybe it's pure genius. I'm, I'm not joking you. By the end of the hour, I felt... Like I could, walking on clouds, I felt amazing. And basically what she says is, is that she's sort of like rearranging your energy. She's an energy worker, basically. And you believe that? And I, what I know is how I felt when I came out of it and how I stayed in that state for a month. And then slowly I started feeling a bit rubbish again, went back to her, same thing happened again. And I felt amazing again. And then when I went back, I didn't actually start slumping again, but by this point I sort of really bought into it and I really liked her. And I was like, I need to know more about how this works. So I booked a third appointment to go. And when I came, she 
within five or 10 minutes, it's like, I don't really think you need this today because everything feels very good and in order. And I was like, thanks, (laughs) A-star pupil. (laughs) Because I did feel like that as well. And then, yeah, she said, I don't think you need to come back. So I now know three people who've been to her and had Reiki healing and just feel like just really well balanced and energetic and calm after spending time with her. Jimbo and I carried on debating somewhat science and pseudoscience for about 40 minutes. Um, I won't subject you to that. So why don't we let Fiona tell us about her skills and what she does in her own words, and you can judge for yourself. I'm so excited for this week's guest. Uh, We've got Fiona Lundy on, um, and she, did I say that right, Fiona? You did. Lundy. Yeah, good. (laughs) Even though I've just checked it with you. I did it again. Um, Fiona is a spiritual teacher. She's a Reiki healer. She's a psychic. She's a life coach. She's a modern mystic and she is a writer. That is quite the description, isn't it? Very diverse. (laughs) I came to know Fiona because she um, gave me Reiki healing a number of times when I was pregnant in my last pregnancy. So my third child, um, I don't think we've actually spoken to each other since I was pregnant. No, or maybe one time. Um, Cause obviously COVID came in not longer after I gave birth, but um, I really, it was my first experience of Reiki healing um, when I met Fiona and I, I don't know if I went into it skeptical. I went into it curious and I can't explain what happens during Reiki healing or why it works. But all I can say is that I came out of that first session feeling like a boulder had been lifted off my shoulders. I felt so much more grounded and balanced. And for probably a month afterwards, I felt um, really at peace within myself and within my relationships with other people. I've never had psychic Uh, readings with Fiona Um, but she'll probably tell us a bit more about that too but welcome. (laughs) Oh thank you, thank you for having me, it's very fun. I am so excited to have you and a lot of people I've told that I'm having you on are super excited to hear this episode. Oh I'm so so nervous already. (laughs) (laughs) So every episode I talk with a friend before we have our guest speaker on and we sort of like thrash around what we think this topic is about. So we've had hypnobirthing at the, um, in the first episode and Qigong mm. in the second. Oh, so I do both. Qigong. Oh, do you? Yeah. So we've been, I've been discussing with my cousin Hannah about what those are. And then I've also discussed with her that I was having you on. And oh my God, we had so much to talk about because people are fascinated. <laughs> particularly by the psychic side of things you know it's always been a fascination for people yeah I can appreciate that it's uh it's probably more fascinating not having the abilities (laughs) and being able to imagine all the wonderful ways in which it might be useful um yeah I can I can see that 
Yeah, I think we tend to go to sort of the, oh, so why can't you guess the lottery numbers? Oh, you know, that God, kind of know. side of psychism. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on a funny side note, I am actually pretty damn good at playing cards probably because of my skills um but the moment that there's any form of money involved I'm awful like it actually changes I'm pretty good at the horses you know when we go to Ascot but only Mm. if I only bet an amount that I'd be willing to throw away is it because maybe I think that on a subconscious level maybe marginally conscious that it might be wrong to cheat because that's I think how it feels like you're cheating less so when you're not playing for money so Fiona let's start I always think it's interesting for listeners to hear a bit of background like when or where did you discover that you had these abilities you might need to explain to people what your abilities are and then how you discovered that you had them. Okay, so this is the question I always get asked whenever I get interviewed, especially by journalists, because they want to write a story and they want it to sound compelling. My problem is I knew from the age of four, (laughs) and you're so young at that point that you don't really discover it. You just kind of, it just kind of is part of your world. But I do have a significant um memory from when I was younger that was the first time it ever happened so before I start that significant memory I should really explain what the basics of my skills are um so as you've mentioned already I'm a healer I'm a psychic I'm also a medium which will explain this experience um but I would say my greatest skill is probably the ability to move and shape energy that's it like if if we could knuckle it down to like a tiny tiny thing that would be what it is I'm really good at moving energy um and changing energy so making it faster um you tend never to make energy slower so we'll talk about that when we talk about Reiki that's probably my most significant skill my lucky the lucky part of all of this is that I'm super sensitive so I can feel energy. I can see energy. I, and when I say feel it, I don't just mean in my hands. I mean like around my body. So beyond my skin, I can feel energy in the space behind my back. So my sense of awareness, I guess, in my vicinity is extremely heightened. And Would you that, describe that as like another sense that you're in tune with? So in the way that... Yeah us normal folk can smell and touch is there something else yeah (laughs) yeah I love that us muggles I don't just don't want to be a muggle though that's the thing we all want to think we've got this a little bit right (laughs) I think having it a little bit can be a really beautiful thing I think having it as much as I have can have positive and very negative effects on people's lives so it really depends Mm. I think Yeah, you could describe it as another sense. Um, But if you think about it as when you walk off of a plane, you feel enveloped. Oh, so let's say you're going somewhere warm. You're enveloped by this sense of not just heat, but humidity. And you get this atmospheric awareness around you. It's a little bit like that, but all the time. And if somebody walks past, it might dislodge it or... 
a, another way to explain that is if you're in a swimming pool and it's just you, everything feels very samey. But if somebody steps into a swimming pool behind you, you'll feel the ripples of the waves. But sometimes it feels like you almost feel it before it hits your skin. And it's a little bit like that. Okay. I have no idea if wow. I explained that well, by the way. <laughs> no, you have. I The one that really resonates with me is that aeroplane thing. Mm. I have often tried, like some people don't enjoy traveling and I used to travel a lot. And I always felt like I could be picked up out of my everyday life and dropped in somewhere in Africa or Asia with a blindfold on. And I know I'm not home. Mm. Like you can, there's something you can feel. And that feeling when you step off an aeroplane describes it really well. I kind of understand what you're saying there. Great. Well, I'm glad that that explanation works. I think it might be the first time I've used it. (laughs) (laughs) So back to the memory when I was four, I was sat down on the floor playing with my doll and I was trying to get her in her baby growth. There was a a chap stood to my left and I asked him to help me because I was struggling. And he, he said, I can't. And I looked at him as like, outraged I was the first child so I was extremely spoiled (laughs) (laughs) it's actually so true it's unbearable if I look back but yeah it's amazing that I turned out a remotely nice person he basically said oh no I can't help so I looked up at him and he was not like a normal person best way to describe it if I was to describe it now I'd say he was a little bit watercolory (laughs) so he just was kind of there kind of not but he was fully formed, looked like a normal human being. Um, I now know that he was somewhere between like (sighs) Mongolian and, but Mm -hmm. it it took me a very long time to figure out where he was from. And I was outraged. I was like, why? Why won't you help me? I was like, I just can't get her arm in. And I remember being quite annoyed because nobody said no to me. (laughs) <laughs> which in itself which I love that. too much about how spoiled I was um, the spoiled psychic that's what you should be oh my god Instagram. no don't make that a thing I'd be so embarrassed <laughs> um and that's basically how I was introduced to my guide now he worked with me and I say work because as much as we played games um if I didn't want to play the game whilst I was awake he would show up in my dreams and teach me how to do it in my dreams. So there was an element of like, okay, well, we've just got to get through this syllabus. <laughs> and he whoa, 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 with me. whoa, oh. slow down, slow down. This is the first <laughs> I've ever heard you talk about this. So I've got, <laughs> I, I'm just blown right now. I don't normally roll in with that. Oh yeah, so I had this guide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially when someone's a bit curious about Reiki. Oh, I'm just going to tell you about this Mongolian fellow who turned up in my living room one day. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah. No, I keep all of this pretty secret, to be quite honest. (laughs) It's unreal. So you're four years old, you're playing with your doll. This guy turns up in your living room and is a dead person? Was he ever alive? I mean, at the time, I I had no idea. Um, But now I know that he once was alive. He did live. He lived in a village that was somewhere between... um, the Mongolian and Tibetan mountains that no longer exists. The way he explained it to me now is that he lived so long ago that the place that he grew up in actually physically doesn't exist anymore. So, okay. I'm a... So I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. If a guy turns up 
and starts playing with them, I'd want them to tell me. Well, like you say, play, how did but you? She wouldn't what? play. <laughs> so, oh, was, okay. Was, he wanted to teach. Like, well, well, yeah, sort of. It's a little bit like if you think an adult comes into your house because people do. Mm. Like you've got friends, they come in. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time. You know, they'll look at the children. They'll be like, "Oh, that's a nice toy." Now I want to play with mummy. You know, yeah. <laughs> and as a child, I just didn't really question. Didn't really question it. No, he was just a person that came into the house that want that wouldn't wouldn't dress my doll because apparently his hands wouldn't work like mine. Um, so I was a bit irate about that. Um, and as it slowly, as it slowly started to happen, it seemed very normal. So. Um, you know play I, the thing is I could already feel energy so it's not like he arrived and then I could feel energy energy yeah. has always been a part of how I experience the world and I get the vibe that his deal was and I say deal because I really do feel like he was somewhat sort of like placed with me um that he had to get me useful enough by a certain age to be able to do what I was here to do and it, and it did seem very contractual <laughs> like he wasn't yeah. you know how people you hear some people and they go oh my spirit guide she said he would be like stop picking your nose <laughs> like, like, can we concentrate for a second and he was very strict uh, I mostly wanted to play my games and I didn't want to play his games which is how he so often ended up teaching me in my dreams. Um, and that happened consistently, like from being very little through being a young adolescent through to being at university. He was with me until I was around about like 25, maybe 26, um, just kind of disappeared. And I remember driving along because at this point in my life, I would mostly chat away to him when I was driving. Um, it's just one of those nice zones where you're focused, but you're relaxed. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just quite it's, a good headspace. In hypnobirthing, we describe driving as a hypnotic state. That Once you sense. know how to drive confidently, you're actually very, in, you're talking to your subconscious quite a lot. Yeah, so. that, that makes perfect sense. It's a very easy mm. headspace to be in. So I used to ask lots of questions uh, and he just didn't reply. He never didn't reply. <laughs> So I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, and then I tried it a couple more times over the next few days and nothing. And then after uh, another few days, I was at Nirvana Spa and I decided to do a meditation to call his spirit closer to me, which is something I had never done because of course I never had to. Um, and as I called him closer, I felt him. And then I felt another energy basically shove him entirely out and say no I'm supposed to work with you now and I was like what but he's my like but I was just I, my mind blew at the whole idea um because by that point I kind of just he was such a standard normal part of my every day or week uh, then this being which felt somewhat feminine I wouldn't say she was female and she definitely had never been alive so bleh, heaven knows um but literally me, yeah like <laughs> probably probably um she told me her name uh, and she told me that she was here to help me make uh close female friendships to write my books and uh
to become a mother. And at that time, I was like, well, I don't really have close female friends. I would love to write books. That'd be insane. Um, and be a mother. Whoa, that was not on the cards. And it, at the moment, I'm still not a mother. So heaven knows if that will happen. But it's one of those, it was one of those moments where I was like, whoa, but where's my guy? Like, where is he? And she then somewhat explained that she was the right manifestation for what I needed at this time and that she wouldn't be as actively communicative with me um, because he had done what he needed to do, but he was part of the all that she was part of too. It's just that sometimes these energies present themselves to us in different forms with different um, priorities, basically. And I was like, oh, can we swear on this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> basically, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Literally, what happened? Um, and there was me sat with my eyes closed in Nirvana Spa thinking, what? What? What's just happened? Um, and to this day, I really don't have any extra information. And sometimes when people want to interview me, this is my worry, is that they expect me to have answers. And most of the times, the majority of my experiences just give me more questions. They give me good mm. working theories. And sure, we can take them at face value as to what I've heard. But you've also got to understand that whatever I hear has to be filtered through my understanding of the world. So it's already mm. wrong. <laughs> like When they download this information, it's like, oh my God, that makes sense. And then when I come back to my body, I'm like, what? No, that, I don't understand it. I, I, can, I could draw it for you maybe, but I couldn't put it into words anymore. Um, mm. So then I somewhat try and, yeah, I just feel like the way that we are when we're in physical form is always going to be an impression of what the truth is, because I just don't know if we can understand it. I think that for me, this is why I enjoy talking and listening to you no, because thanks. I, I feel I that it, it makes it, I feel like it makes it authentic. I think it's, it's quite easy to be skeptical of things like this, but I think mm. the approach you take is that I've been, I have this gift and I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, and I'm going to share with you the information that's relevant and how it can help you. Um, and that you you're kind of have an ability to understand the universe maybe at a bit of a higher level than us muggles but you don't try and translate that into sound bites that make you money and oh, yeah well that's because it's lying that, i respect I've got a real you. issue with that <laughs> oh thank you well that's very nice to hear actually because i never yeah it's something that really matters to me um and it's something that i think uh when I get into dialogues with other people who have uh, gifts and abilities like I do, uh, sometimes it blows my mind that they don't question things more. And that's not true for everyone, of course, there's plenty of people that do question things, but maybe I'm thinking about very specifically right now is how the majority of energy workers I've met will talk about negative energy or blocked energy. And it, it, grates on me sometimes because I think it creates a very inaccurate understanding of how energy actually functions um, because really with energy it's either fast or slow and varying degrees of frequency between that because of course frequency just means how fast the energy is moving um, mm. but when people talk about blocked energy or or even what they mean is the energy has slowed down in that area 
and it, and it always gets me. I always think, how come nobody else talks about fast and slow energy? How come mm. they haven't realized that when they're working on that area, it's just slower. It's not got any inherent negative, evil, like nastiness to it at all. It's like energy as itself is a, is a neutral thing. It just moves faster or slower. Sure, slower energy, you would associate more with things like uh, illnesses or conditions or diseases or low moods or... Uh, I was chatting to um, one of my clients the other day who's a doctor and he said, you know, I really, I really just feel like I've got a lot of negative energy built up in me and it's probably from everything that's been going on with COVID, but I'd really like you to take it away. I was like, ooh, ooh, no, that's not how that works. I take nothing of yours. Like if you imagine that you are this beautiful, very liquid bubble filled with tiny, tiny sparkles that all dance around every moment of every day. Um, and that certain parts within your fairy liquid bubble might stop dancing quite so fast. And then I come along, I share this universal energy that just seems to flow through me. And like, I talk about it as like an excess. I seem to have an excess, like a, flat, like a fountain that's just been given too much water. I'm constantly leaking everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's probably not the best sound bite. <laughs> I'm looking forward to using that one. <laughs> oh God. Oh dear. Oh dear. But yeah, then what it does is that universal energy has a very, very fast frequency. And it seems to remind everybody's energy how fast it naturally wants to move. And that's it. Like, that's actually what happens. When I've had Reiki healing with you before, you've sort of described it as that. So is that the Reiki healing side and how Reiki works? No, when that's just have how healing, healing works. So that's just how, mind, okay. Yeah. If you go to a mind-body-spirit fair and you walk around, um, walk around and you'll feel different people doing healing. What I, the mean thing I was going to say is you will feel some people and they'll be doing jack shit. Um, <laughs> that's quite distressing for me. Um, but I've only gone a few times and that's only happened a few times. But you will, you walk around and you hear people and they'll be like, oh, I'm doing this type of healing. Oh, I'm doing this type of healing. And oh, have you heard DNA healing is so much more powerful. Um, it all feels the exact same. <laughs> okay. What they're actually doing is just speeding up the energy. Now, I do believe that they believe it's true. I believe that certain people will connect with a form of healing more so than other forms of healing. But for all we know, that could just be the mood they're in when they came across it, or that could be the, the language and the way it's explained to them makes more sense to them. That could be, mm. for example, people watching this right now or listening to this right now um, and saying, oh, well, I've tried Reiki and Reiki was shit. And it's like maybe the way that it was introduced to them wasn't right for them not necessarily yeah. that if they met someone else who did it it wouldn't work if that makes sense that's interesting I see um yoga as a bit of a healing thing for me oh yeah um and I tried yoga a lot in my 20s and I just mm. couldn't connect with an instructor then I connected really well with um Stacy who ran Oso Yoga in Wokingham oh, yeah. loved her class she's now moved and then I discovered Rebecca um, oh, I love who, Rebecca. Sarah Vanga, who it's just, and for me, what I love is it's the energy in the room. Mm. And I don't experience the same online, but the energy of being around her and she's very I feel calming. like 
I come out of that class like the same way I feel when I've had healing with you. Yeah. Um, but a similar thing with reflexology, a really yeah. amazing reflexologist and a, one that I didn't connect with. Um, every person needs the connection with the healer. Sort of. So I can explain that in actually what happens with how my guide explained it to me. So if, um, if you imagine along, we're kind of going to draw a chart. Along the bottom, mm -hmm. you've got, uh, okay, yeah. So basically, if you imagine a line going up, and that's the speed of energy. And bearing in mind, I was little when he taught this to me, zero was zero miles per hour, and 100 was 100 miles per hour, which was the fastest I could imagine at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest number in the world, though, right? <laughs> it's the biggest number. Like I could... <laughs> um, This is the funny thing about all of my stories. They, they're so childish, because I was so small at the time. Um, but anyway, so you've got this speed up at the side, and obviously it starts slowly and it gets faster. And then you've got these levels that exist, okay? So the first level from zero to say 30 is what he classed as humans. <laughs> Muggles. <laughs> yeah, uh, it confused me a while because it made me think I wasn't human, but we'll get to that another day. <laughs> but the next level up was me. Now I now know it's not just me, it's also mediums. So people yeah. who have that connection between the spirit world and the physical world. And then the level above that was heaven, which of course I would now just class as spirit. Mm -hmm. And the reason that mediums exist as they do, or when I was little, I existed as I did, is because the world of heaven or the spirit world can slow their energy enough to that level. They just can't slow their energy lower than that. But yeah, there are levels within levels and there are brackets. So people <laughs> exist within brackets and we all do. Um, and they're all very small brackets. So when, let's say, for example, I'm stood next to another healer, right? And they may have treated thousands and thousands of people who are very happy with them, okay? But I might have a much faster frequency than they do. And all the differences, it would mean that I can work on people who have a faster frequency than even she does. So if you imagine it more like mm. with like everybody below your bracket, you can give incredible healing to. Anyone at the same level, well, no, maybe anyone above your level, you've got no chance. <laughs> like arguably, it okay. actually wouldn't be good at all. So I've had healing from a lady once and it took me three days after to recover from how slow she influenced my energy to be and I was mm. like oh crap and she was trying really hard like she's doing her absolute best and it doesn't mean that she isn't going to be a great healer for like hundreds of thousands of other people just not for me um so it's quite mm. important like you said when you meet someone that you meet someone that you feel a sense with or that you feel a vibe with. And the reason mm. I think that happens is because our instinct goes, yes, you can learn from this person. You can be healed by this person. Being in this person's presence will speed up your energy. Mm. And there you go. This is amazing. I've been learning a lot about um, manifestation and vibrations at the moment. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that in a later episode. And I, do, I feel like the more... I interview people for this podcast and look into different things. I feel 
everyone's sort of speaking the same language, but coming mm-hmm. at it from so many different ways, which makes me think it's got to be, the truth has got to be there because this vibration energy thing comes into everything. It comes into the crystal healing, the manifestation, the Qigong, the hypnobirthing, it, the Reiki, everything seems to be aligning back to this, the yoga, the, it's so, it's so interesting. Because, well, I think, I guess it's gonna be called cool talk about Reiki because that's the experience I have with you as well. Um, I, cause I, when I first came to Reiki with you, I was very early pregnant with Ziggy. Mm-hmm. And you picked that up very quickly. Uh, I can't remember if I told you or maybe you are. I think I told you. Um, and you said, oh, well, that makes sense because something was a bit muddled. And then as we, as the further on pregnant I got, I came back to see you a few times. Um, and I remember you saying that towards the end of the pregnancy, it was quite hard to read my energy distinguished from the baby's energy because oh I know what you're about it was they were both together all the time but earlier okay. on there were times where Ziggy wasn't quite wasn't there. there but then yeah. sometimes he'd come and interestingly yeah. there were times where you'd go whoa he's just <laughs> come in and I would fit I'd physically feel him yeah come and it was around 20 weeks where they're starting to be a bit more present I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. and you can feel them move and now this blew me away. It really, and we did, we always said, didn't we? I need to come back afterwards and bring him with me so that you yeah. can feel the difference between yeah. us. It's one of the most, it's one of my favorite things actually. So when all my friends started having babies in their early twenties, um, it was the strangest experience to be like, oh, there's definitely something different. Um, and because I didn't give healing to my friends, we, you know, we just go for a walk or a coffee or something. And, um, I was like, oh, there's something different. Oh, that's strange. And then as I have learned through seeing lots of women go through pregnancy, basically the baby's spirit isn't constantly in your tummy. It's usually more in your tummy from like later on in the pregnancy. I would say it's unusual to meet somebody who's like two to four weeks away from giving birth for their baby to ever not be there. Mm. not unheard of but it's so much like the baby's basically there all the time at that point um even if it's sleeping you can still feel its consciousness um but what's really interesting is that sometimes when people go oh can you guess the sex and I'm like oh no because when someone asks me to guess something I engage my guessing part of my brain (laughs) don't engage my intuition so I'm like oh yeah but my guess would be a boy, which means that if I'm guessing it's a boy, it's definitely a girl. (laughs) (laughs) So I usually like double logic myself to the actual answer. But what I find fascinating personally is feeling the character of the baby because boy or girl, I don't think it matters. You will sometimes get a very nurturing boy. Um, And sometimes like you and I, you'll get very strong, opinionated, dominating females. (laughs) (laughs) I've got one of them as well. Yeah. Well, so, and here's the thing. We both have very, we have more, more masculine energy and not in the sense, you know, you've got the whole divine feminine. Everyone's like, oh, you've got to be in your divine feminine. Well, sure. Yeah. But we've both got both parts to our nature. And I also think somehow, like it's how we interact with the world and whether you're like in a female body or would assume that you had more feminine energy, but it's just not the case at all um and 
I think people like us understand that firsthand because we actually have quite strong masculine energies. And I've chosen a husband mm. who, whilst looks very masculine, actually has very lovely feminine energy. And it's- that, that actually shows up. And that will show up sometimes when, um, I was going to say children are in the womb, but I don't mean that. I mean, when the babies are in the womb, um, you'll start to see parts of their nature coming out or whether they're going to be particularly creative or whether they're going to have an affinity for uh, numbers or those kind of things. And it can be very interesting. I remember you saying with Ziggy, we, and this was a weird moment that I had with you, <laughs> um, where I was, it was about two days before I was coming to have healing with you. And, and I had this feeling where I was, I was just about to walk out my house and I was really busy And then I was just struck by this overwhelming sense of understanding for the baby that was inside me. Like, Mm -hmm. I just felt like I understood him and his personality. And the only way I can articulate it is I felt this is a really smart boy. Mm -hmm. And I'd just like to clarify for listeners that I'm not one of those mums who constantly thinks my kids are really, really clever because (laughs) they're just normal kids, right? And I don't even want that for my children. And I never thought it about either of my others when I was pregnant. And I don't think about them now in that way. But I had this overwhelming sense with Ziggy that I would be challenged to provide enough mental stimulus for him in yeah. life. Yeah. I then went to see you a couple of days later and you articulated in a slightly different way, but said almost exactly the same thing. You know, it was, I, I found that absolutely fascinating. Well, I think that's because when we, like, we are everything we're going to be at that point. And obviously our experiences can shape us and our choices shape us and all that kind of stuff. But our, how quick your brain works, I think is pretty much set, if I'm being really honest. Um, mm. And that's probably the type of smart that I was talking about, because being, I would call it maybe like quick witted or like being sharp like having that kind of cognitive functioning that's quick makes a big Mm. difference, makes a big difference to learning. It makes a big difference to communication. (laughs) It makes a big difference to being able to manipulate situations, which if he's ever going to work with other people, he will have to learn how to do. I don't mean manipulation in a negative context. I mean it in its practical nature. Um, So I could have used the word influencing, Um, but it, it makes a difference because people who have slower reaction times or slower cognitive processing power I guess like almost like for a computer um everything takes a bit longer Fiona and I talked a bit longer about cognitive abilities and the frequency at which our brains operate we then started talking about how Fiona hid her talents or why she didn't really want to be discovered as a psychic or medium when she was younger. This is what she had to say. Were Did you there... think you'd be ridiculed? No. Or people no, wouldn't believe you? Or... I was worried that people would either think I was crazy or at a higher level of, um, in some way, that they might be able to weaponize it. And, I, and, okay. and if you think about it, I'm an 18-year-old. I've watched lots of movies. I grew up with Alex Mack. Like, everyone wants to stay away from the government because they don't want to weaponize. Like, yeah. And to be quite honest, I didn't know the edges of my abilities. And if somebody had said, you know, can you see what's going on over here? 
I wouldn't have been able to say yes or no. Mm. You know, if someone said, can you walk through a mirror? I'd have gone, I've tried a lot, but I've never succeeded. But, <laughs> but the idea that it wasn't possible isn't something that had occurred to me at that point because so many crazy, amazing things happened all the time. That the And I guess it's good to think like that because it's good to think and question everything that we think is limited, you know, because yeah. is, yeah. As long as it doesn't drive you nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now I would, now I'm not so scared. Like if I, like when I meet people, I'm not worried that they'll want to put me in a straight jacket or anything like that. Also, I'm pretty sure that they can't do that anymore. Um, mm. but, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not so worried about those things, but that's because, you know, I'm what, 36. <laughs> I have a much better understanding. Because you know, you're not life. alone. Yeah, yeah, genuinely. That was my concern when I was younger. Mm. Um, but yeah, they could take any of the other people and experiment on them. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I was about 12, I understood that when you meet someone like me, you have three options. You either think they're nuts, <laughs> you think they're lying, or you believe them. And you actually have no other options. And it's one of the most painful things that I've seen people accept um, because people like to say, oh, I believe you believe, but that either means, that basically means they think you're nuts. Yeah. Right? That's like, I believe mm -hmm. you're lying, so I don't believe there's any malicious intent there. Um, but you're but, crazy. Right. And it is that simple. Mm -hmm. um, and it's quite, it's quite difficult, not so much for the individual that's being judged, but more the people that make those judgments when they realize they've only got three. You know, you either believe someone, you think they're nuts. To hear how Fiona dealt with these situations and also a ton of more information about what the difference is between being psychic and being a medium and whether or not we all have a little bit of psychic ability, you're going to need to tune in to the second part of this podcast. It's so good. Keep listening.